0: Hello friends, welcome to Wednesday Wake Up, a podcast hosted by Gregory Maloof, Buddhist Dharma teacher in the lineage of Ruth Dennison, mental health therapist, and mindfulness coach. Wednesday Wake Up explores the ancient teachings of Buddhism through the lens of Western psychology, neuroscience, and the modern human potential movement. Our commitment is for these teachings to educate, challenge, and inspire you to awaken to your deepest potential to live a truly fulfilling life of wisdom, joy, and compassion, Thank you for joining us. May these teachings serve you well.
1: Here we are in community. Some of you may have heard, heard earlier. So we, we brought Mohawk up with us on this trip. So the, the soundtrack behind the guided meditation was him running across the keyboard at one point and um, meowing several times because he wanted to play. Um, so <laughs> we may get glimpses of the kitty in this, uh, in this video or in this Dharma talk. Ah, <sighs> deep breath. Thank you, my friends for the meditation. That felt great. Um, so I guess I'll start with announcements. Um, cause I got some announcements just around retreats and I'm very excited about that. And now that I am settled in with y'all, I do want to um, talk about the retreat coming up. Um, next week I'll do A um, Dharma talk that's centered on the retreat. I was going to do that tonight, but like I said, the mood just didn't feel very congruent uh, for that. But um, so here's what's happening. As I had been kind of hinting at the last few weeks, you know, when we first started Wednesday Wake Up, one, I didn't know if it was going to be interesting to folks, and I didn't know it was going to last. And so we've lasted a year, and we're still here doing it, obviously. This is our first session of 2021, and we now have it going as a podcast, too, which seems really popular online. As a teacher, so as a teacher, personally, I want to be able to offer a whole Dharma experience for all of us. So not just the Dharma talks and the weekly meditations, but I want to offer regular retreats, uh, eventually residential, but for now, (laughs) obviously with COVID, uh, we'll be doing everything online. uh, But also workshops and some more opportunities for group practice. So in the spirit of that, in this next year, I'm have already outlined out a retreat series. So initially I was thinking I was just going to do like small little half day retreats, uh, once a month. But when I was sitting down to create my first outline, I realized that, you know, anyone who knows my teaching style knows that I'm kind of a long format kind of person. (laughs) So, um, for me, I like to go longer with our stuff. I like to have longer meditations and longer Dharma talks. Um, So I've decided that this retreat series is going to be called the Foundations of Spiritual Practice. And every month I'm going to do a retreat online that will focus on some essential aspect of the Dharma. Right. Some essential aspect of the Dharma. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it from both a Dharma perspective and a a Western psychological perspective. So we're going to talk about it from a spiritual perspective, but also how we can use basic Dharma concepts for well-being, how we can apply it in daily life. And we'll sit a retreat every month. And this retreat is going to be um, set up just for Wednesday Wake Up Folk. So you won't be seeing it online at PIMC or anything like that. It's going to be advertised through the podcast, and it's going to be designed based on all of the conversations we have in these groups and the Dharma talks that we have. So it's going to be a next level offering for everyone as far as being able to support your practice. So our first retreat is going to be the last Saturday of January. It will be from nine to three. It will be on Zoom. And on Monday, um, you'll see a flyer come out. um, Because on Monday, the other announcement is that we are launching a web page for Wednesday Wake Up. So we will have a web page and we'll have social media. We'll have an Instagram account. We'll have social media and then we'll have the web page where you can sign up for retreats and you can get the Dharma talks. And then I will add a blog to that where I'll write out different things uh, every couple weeks. So I just want to offer more opportunity to support you in practice and to have more integration for everything that we're doing. And so I'm excited about this because it's um, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time and I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to really teach retreats regularly and stuff like that, but we have enough people who listen to the podcast and enough people come every week that even if we got 10 people every month to come to a retreat, that would be plenty to make it exciting and fun and educational for all of us. If you're not on the email list, which most of you are, because I'm looking at your names, then you should get an email on Monday announcing the webpage and registration for the retreat if you'd like to attend the first one in January. The first one is going to be on... The concept of refuge. So, it's going to be called the Triple Gem Mindset. And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to explore deeply the psychology behind the Buddha's idea of refuge and how it's used both spiritually and psychologically as support for spiritual seekers and how essential the concepts are for anyone who tries to practice over the long term. Right? Our refuges are designed to support us in practice over time. And so it's really important to understand this concept. So we're going to do a whole day retreat on the refuges, and we're going to talk about how each one of these refuges, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, actually support a particular mindset and how these mindsets are designed to support our particular journey on the Eightfold Path. So like I said, every month we're going to do something that's going to be really supportive for practice, something we can take a deep dive into. So I'm really excited uh, about that. So that will be our first retreat. The Refuges, we're going to talk about refuge mindset. It's going to be wonderful. I'm very excited. And I'm glad that I sort of came to the personal realization that for me to do kind of what I do, what I think I do is best, and to support you guys in practice, I would rather just do an actual retreat. So we'll just do a day long. And those who can come, come for as much as you can. As always, it's donation-based, and um, it'll be supported by the Dharma Talks over the course of the month. So I'll be giving little hints and little exercises over the next few weeks that will lead into the retreat. And every month, the Dharma talks will be themed according to the retreat, so it'll feel very supportive for your practice. Uh, again, the website will be launched on Monday, along with the Instagram account, which will be Gregory Maloof Dharma. So anybody who's on Instagram, you can go to that. It's already set up. There will be some cat photos, definitely of. Mohawk on my meditation cushion. The first photo is going to be the one today where he was sitting on my keyboard while I was trying to do the guided meditation. (laughs) Oh, man. So anyway, that's my big announcement. Um, And so that will all be coming Monday. So I look forward to sitting with you all. I love retreats. One of the things that I've experienced in my own practice over the last 27 years is the huge growth I experienced in retreat setting. So, when I was coming up in meditation, and this was, of course, long before mindfulness was a household name, and there were all of these, all this availability for education and books and stuff like that. But I was told early on by my teachers to do as many retreats as possible, to sit in retreat and spend time in retreat and consider it an essential part of my practice. And I did. And I spent years and years really doing lots of retreats. And I have found that even a day long retreat, or a half day retreat really resets the heart and mind in a way that can support you for, for several weeks. You'll notice your practice is deeper if you do regular retreats. And part of the reason for that is that when you do rounds of meditation, and I've, I've mentioned this before, um, both on retreat and, and in other contexts of continuity, like when you do rounds of meditation, the depth that you experience in your practice is always going to be more significant than the hour or 30 minutes that you do day to day. So it's really difficult without doing retreat to get down to those deeper experiences of the hindrances, the deeper experiences of the jhana, uh, more intensive loving kindness experiences. You really do have to spend several hours sitting in order for those experiences to really become rich. So, most of us don't have time to do five days, seven days, 10 days, but a single day is so helpful. And so, I've always had this dream of being able to lead a retreat every month, one full length retreat every month, which will reset us for the whole month and give us that kind of support. Most people will acknowledge that after they come out of like a day long, they will notice in that upcoming week that their mind is quieter, their heart's more open. They see more inside their meditation. Their mindfulness is clearer. And it's certain. certainly been my experience that that's the case. So yay for us. I'm very excited about this. It's going to be fun. And I'm just like just elated that we get to do this because I love to plan the retreats and create all the talks and do the sitting. And so basically, we'll probably do four... Sessions of sitting and then small little Dharma talks that form one big Dharma talk over the day. We'll have some reflection we'll have time for um, some group work some connection and discussion and then of course Q&A between the talks uh, for folks so I feel like having a longer retreat allows for all of those things to occur And when I don't have those, I feel like I'm leaving something out. So I kind of feel like I'm missing out on something. So I want to have a long enough day. So if we want to have a longer discussion or we want to do breakout groups or if I have some reflection exercises that we can really do them justice, because as you know, from coming here uh, week to week, you know, I like to do reflections. I love reflection questions. They've really helped me in my life. And I always feel like I wish I had more time so we could really get into the reflection so I can basically instruct and support you on how you would take those reflections and then apply them into daily living. And in this context, week to week, it's just not really feasible to go deep like that. So that's my announcement. I hope that lightens your, your day (laughs) compared to what we've seen. So I wanted to say a few things. Like I said, this was, I I had a plan and the plan got scrapped and, but I do want to say a few things for reflection because this is the first day of our Wednesday wake up year. And I wanted to remind us that proactive intention and proactive aspiration is really necessary if you want the deepest experience in meditation practice. It's easy to forget because we spend so much time focused on presence, right? We spend so much time focused on presence that the Dharma is also about the future. And for those of you who have heard my framework on this, it's important to remember That the past and the future only exist in the present. And when we're present, that's when we do the deepest healing from the past. And when we're present, that's when we do our aspirational work about what future we'd like to live into, right? Living into a future of kindness and joy and delight, living into a future of hope and peace and freedom. We do that in the present moment. And so sometimes in the Dharma, we forget to aspire, we forget to plan and we forget to dream and we forget to ask ourselves, how am I going to create a year of mindfulness in 2021? How am I going to live using skillful speech in 2021? These types of reflections are usually associated with like therapy and self-help and we don't see them as much in formal Dharma training, but that's really because of what we've inherited. Reflecting on our future when you look at Buddhist chants, like in the monasteries, and you look at the chants that the Buddhist monks do in the morning before practice, their chants oftentimes are about future aspirations, right? The wishing for freedom and the talking about and the reflecting about what we want to become, that we want our hearts to be open and we want our minds to be open. So As Westerners, because we don't live in a monastic setting where the only thing we're going to be doing is spiritual practice, it's really important to remind ourselves routinely to ask the question, how am I going to be mindful? How am I going to be mindful today? How am I going to be mindful this week? In light of what's going on politically, we might sit down and say, wow, how can I use mindfulness in the next few days so I can have some rest and reprieve and ease. How am I gonna manage my anger? How am I gonna imagine my confusion or my, what I had today, my fatigue? And going in and really asking ourselves and being proactive about looking for the places in our life where suffering is occurring or might occur, what might I do when this comes up? And so it's a little bit different of an orientation. Most of the time we have this attitude of like present moment awareness. But there's a lot of a dharma that really is about aspiring to the future. Of course, we remember that the future only exists in the present, so we don't cling and grasp for it. We find it in the present moment. So with that in mind, I wanted to remind us that wise view in the Eightfold Path, wise view asks us to look at our Four Noble Truths. So here we are first day of the year, so to speak, for our little community, let's remind ourselves that there are four noble truths. And that first noble truth is that there is suffering. There is suffering. There's going to be suffering in 2021. (laughs) There was suffering today and there's going to be suffering tomorrow and the next day. And there's all kinds of suffering coming our way because that's the nature of human experience. That's the nature of human experience. So it's helpful to sit down and say, okay, four noble truths, the heart of the path, there's going to be suffering. In the next few months, what is my intention to manage that suffering with the Dharma? And there's an anticipation that we're encouraged to do because we remember that the first noble truth is suffering. The second noble truth is there's a cause of suffering. So we can ask ourselves, okay, in the next few months, Where can I anticipate that I might get tripped up? Where in the next few months do I see suffering coming my way? And can I spend some time intentionally planning on using my Dharma skills to be free from that suffering? Because there's going to be a cause. First noble truth, there is suffering. Second noble truth, there is a cause of suffering. Third noble truth, there is a way out of suffering. And if you look at the noble truths, it's just really helpful to remember that part of our use of these truths is in anticipation of what is coming our way and making a firm commitment to stay grounded in practice, to stay heart-centered, centered centered in our awareness, centered with our precepts, and looking at the world like, okay, I'm going to take on 2021 with the Dharma in my passenger seat. I'm going to walk through this world with Dharma at my side. Where do I see the suffering coming? What are the tools I can use? And what are what is my plan to use it? I can give you an example. When Molly and I came up here to her father's house, we had to pack. And of course, I, I tried to be proactive about packing, but still, it was this huge endeavor to pack stuff up, because we're going to be up here for a couple weeks. And As soon as I was putting things in the car, it started pouring rain and I was slipping in the mud and the rain was really, really hard and I was trying to carry these packages and I got really frustrated and I noticed the frustration. Now, it took me about 20 minutes to realize, wait a second, I'm really frustrated right now. I can use the Dharma to manage this experience. I could use the Dharma to manage this experience. And I did. And I noticed that when I brought mindfulness to my body as I was walking in and out of the rain and slipping in the mud, my frustration level immediately decreased. And then when my mind wandered, I started getting frustrated thoughts. I started getting agitated. I started hating water and rain and wind and mud. And then I would realize, okay, wait, you're off base. Your mind has wandered, come back. And then I would go back into body sensations and I'd take a few rounds of being in and out of the house. And I was like, oh, it's just slipping in the mud. It's fine. Like There's nothing wrong here. Now, I've packed my car a bunch of times in the rain, and I've also taken trips before, and I know that I always get frustrated when I have to pack a bunch of stuff in my car, especially in bad weather. Mindfulness, right? I could have asked myself, look, tomorrow I'm going to be going through this packing. Tomorrow there's going to be a storm. Tomorrow I have to do a lot of chores, and I know myself well enough that I'm gonna get fatigued and frustrated. How might I remind myself about the intentionality of tomorrow, right? I know this suffering is coming. By doing that, you catch it earlier, right? You catch the suffering before it's overwhelmed you, before you're frustrated, by anticipating the incoming suffering. And it seems kind of obvious, right? It's obvious in theory, but we don't often do it in practice. Like, for example, many of us know that we're going to go into a meeting or we're going to go meet somebody or have to have a conversation with somebody weeks or days before the conversation occurs. And we might even know that that person kind of irritates us, gets on our nerves. It's hard for us to be patient with that person or loving with that person. Sometimes we know ahead of time we're going to make a phone call with someone that we don't really get along with or we have to, say, make a phone call to the phone company or the cable company and we know we're gonna be on hold and we're gonna be agitated. Those are prime opportunities to plan ahead and make the affirmation and the aspiration to be present in the Dharma in those situations. So that's an example of the foreshadowing that I'm talking about. If we can foreshadow that suffering is gonna be coming our way, We can really sit down and say, okay, you know, when I'm going to make that phone call, I'm going to remember to take three long mindful breaths before I get on the phone. When I'm going to go pack the car tomorrow, I'm going to sit for five minutes and I'm going to try to be mindful of the physical sensations of the weather and the stress of slipping in the mud. We all have these anticipatory things that are coming our way. If you remember the Buddha's famous... uh, (laughs) famous analogy that, um, well, there's several different ways that the story is told. Uh, The one that Robert likes to say is that there's a giant coming from the north and it's crushing everything in its path. And there's a giant coming from the south, crushing everything in its path. And there's a giant coming from the east and a giant coming from the west. And it's crushing everything in its path. Knowing that suffering is coming from all directions, how will you choose to live? How will you choose to live? That's an aspirational meditation. Knowing that it's coming, we remind ourselves of the tools of the Dharma. We take refuge actively. We commit to our practice. We aspire to have skillful speech. We grab our toolbox and say, okay, let me look in my toolbox and see what kind of tools I have from my mindfulness tool belt that I can use in this upcoming situation. So I would encourage you to think about that, not only from day to day and week to week, but in this moment, as you think about your year, you start off your year, and as the Buddha said, there is stuff coming our way, socially, politically, COVID. We, don't, we have no idea what's going to be happening in the next few months. There's a lot of stuff that's going to agitate us, and we know it's going to agitate us. Can we, in this moment, use the present, As a meditation to make a commitment to our long-term happiness and well-being by doing a meditation where we say to ourselves okay in January in the next few weeks is there anything I know of that's coming my way that might trip me up is there something I know a meeting people I need to talk to things I need to do stuff with money or the kids or finances anything at all that is really skillful thinking Right? That is really skillful application of mindfulness to be proactive in that way. So over the next few days, I would really invite you to consider just sitting down and writing, just writing, brainstorming, what do I know that's coming my way that could land me on my face, so to speak? What am I going to slip on? There's going to be a banana peel there somewhere. It's going to come from the north, south, east, or west. And what am I going to be prepared to do Based on the tools of the practice, things that I know, my mindfulness, my concentration, you know, sometimes you just need to ask yourself, okay, if I know I'm heading into a stressful situation in January, do I need to have extra practice? Do I need to come to the retreat to make sure that after all of that stuff happens, I have some downtime, right? Do, am I, do I have a, a plan to eat well, to sleep well? Do I have a plan to seek joy? right? To unwind? Do I have a plan to seek community and Sangha to support me during these times? These are the kind of questions that are really helpful to ask when it comes to anticipating future suffering. And though it's subtle in the Dharma, it really is there. The Buddha does ask us to sketch out what will be happening in our future and how we can approach it and greet it with love, with kindness, with generosity, and with compassion. I sat down, (laughs) I sat down on the first and did this exercise and I wrote out some things that I knew were coming my way. And, um, I forgot about the car packing, of course, (laughs) but there were other things that I had planned that were like, okay, February, I've got that. And there's some things in a few weeks I'm going to have to deal with. And then I put it down and I went through my week and this morning I opened my journal back up and looked at the list. And it was so interesting because when I read the list, I found myself saying, oh yeah, that's right. I really need to anticipate that experience because I'm going to be very impatient when that occurs. I had already forgotten. I wrote it down and three days later, I had already forgotten. But the reason I asked you to do it in a spiritual journal is so you can go back and remind yourself what you've been reflecting on. Because the mind will wander. The mind will go away. And then you'll find yourself face-to-face with suffering and you'll get caught off guard. So I'd really encourage you to do that as you go into this year. And as you know, I always encourage people to do this at the first of the month or at the end of the month to look ahead and ask yourself, how am I going to practice? How am I going to find time for love? How am I going to find time for support and security? And what is it that's coming my way? And then the other thing is, is if you have stuff that you know trigger you, Feel free to reach out to me or someone in the Sangha and get consulting. The Dharma consults are designed to help you apply mindfulness to very specific things. So if there's something in your life that constantly triggers you and you can't seem to get mindfulness to work, right? You just can't seem to get it to work. And we all have this. There's always that one relationship or the one experience that happens over and over. And we just, it's almost like the Dharma refuses to be helpful. In those moments, right? We all have one of those things. If you have something like that, and you've never been able to get the Dharma to work for you, and you know you're going to have that in 2021, drop me an email. Let's do Zoom over tea, and I'll help you cultivate a plan, a proactive plan to use your tools to get this taken care of, because this is the way we practice together and support each other in the Dharma. Next week, I will, if all goes well, I'll hit you up with a Dharma talk and we start talking about refuge and the power of refuge and um, be a lookout in your email for all the announcements for the social media and the website and the retreat. Let's fall back into some meta and let's, I think I think the world just needs some more meta. I can feel it. Let's just give the world some more meta. I think an extra dose will do us good Take a long, slow, deep breath in, bringing awareness back to the body. Times like these where we feel so divided. Times where we feel this chasm of us and them. This side, that side. That party, this party. It's so easy to forget about our loving kindness. It is so easy to forget that when people are free from suffering, they do less harm. So when we watch and we see people engaging in harmful activities, whether they're harmful in speech or harmful in action, Oftentimes, the first response is hate or anger, fear, frustration. And we can acknowledge those. We can be honest and authentic that we get frustrated with other beings. That's the nature of being human. And even with that frustration in mind, it can be helpful to be proactive once again and remind ourselves that when we see others doing harm, let us try and wish them love, compassion, understanding, and freedom. Because if they truly had those things, that harm would decrease. Knowing the true cause of suffering, knowing the true cause of happiness, we can wish that for all beings. We don't have to like what they're doing, even in a time of fear and frustration and anger we can still wish that all beings be free from suffering. That all beings feel loved and heard, cared for and understood. Because beings who feel that way do less harm. And what we're really wishing for is less harm. Less harm in ourselves, less harm in the world, less harm to others. Let us remember always to be loving always to be kind and generous even in times of strife even in times of significant upheaval so let's give a very sincere and authentic wish for the world that all beings all those beings we saw on tv today all the beings that are suffering may they be free may they know true love and true happiness may they know true love and true happiness in this lifetime may they come to know the true cause of love the true cause of suffering and the true cause of freedom May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be free from suffering. Be well. Be safe, my friends. Take care of yourself. Hang in there. We'll get through this together. We'll be back next week. Much love to y'all. Take care and have a good night.
0: Thanks for joining us here at Wednesday Wake Up. We honor the traditional Buddhist practice of offering the teachings without charge, so this podcast will always be ad-free and will never be behind a paywall. This podcast is sustained exclusively by the generosity of listeners. If you've received value from this podcast and have found your life or practice enriched by listening to it, you can support Gregory as a teacher by going to our website, www.WednesdayWakeUp.com, and click on Donate at the menu on the top. While you're here at the website, join our mailing list and follow Gregory on Instagram at Gregory Dharma. We are so excited to offer the first of many in our 2021 retreat series, Foundations of the Spiritual Journey. Join us Saturday, January 30th for the Triple Gem Mindset taught by Gregory Maloof from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. Pacific Time online via Zoom. Thank you again for listening. May all beings be happy.